Hello, and welcome to the Keepers of the Flame podcast. This is a show to shine a light into the darkness, to empower women, their support networks, and our communities to weather breast cancer, because together we weather the storm. But on this ocean, every wave brings you closer to home. Welcome back to Keepers of the Flame podcast. I'm Joyce Williams, your host, and this is episode number 34, Making Lemonade, a breast cancer therapy course with Julia and Terry. When someone says the words to you, you have breast cancer, it sets you off on this quest, this journey that no one wants to be on. I often use the imagery of a stormy sea. It's like being forced against your will to step onto this rickety raft and to sail across the daunting sea. The swells are like skyscrapers. They're blocking your view from any potential light on that horizon. And simultaneously, those intense waves stroke your fears of insignificance and they feed the lies of hopelessness. And suddenly you feel small. You feel the strength of that current the chill of that night air, and the sky is dark and gloomy, and you feel the shadows around you wanting to swallow you whole, yet you step one foot onto that flimsy, unsteady raft anyhow, and inchworm your way forward. You wonder to yourself, how on earth am I going to make it? There are physical and emotional wounds that start to surface, And as far as those physical hurdles go, you have a Rolodex of doctors in your pocket. There are a team of skilled surgeons and oncologists that meet and they they have your back and they walk you through what to expect and how to prepare physically. But then there's also this emotional thread that needs tending to, and it is part of this journey. Many women have confided in me that they just don't know how to manage it. Some have said, that they paint on a smile and they pretend on the outside that they're okay. They somehow feel that that's what's expected of them. So they play that role. They put on that part, but inside they're feeling that emotional tug as well. Those undeniable emotions accompany a trauma like this. They don't just vanish. So what on earth do you do about it? Well, I am super excited that there is now an opportunity available to help tend to this piece, this element of the journey. Making Lemonade is a breast cancer therapy course that's designed to teach those strategies and tools needed to tend to those emotional wounds that undeniably rise with a diagnosis such as this. This class is meant to help us heal completely. Making Lemonade is a course run by Building Blocks Family Counseling in Pooler, Georgia. And today, we are blessed to welcome the course instructors, Julia and Terry. And they're here to help us better understand what this incredible opportunity is all about. Julia Jerome is here. She is a licensed professional counselor who got her master's in education in clinical mental health from Georgia Southern in 2014. And she practices at Building Blocks Family Counseling in Pooler. And Terry Tyson, her colleague, is also a licensed professional counselor, graduated from Georgia Southern, and practicing at Building Blocks as well. They both work with clients on an individual basis in addition to instructing this phenomenal course. 
Well, welcome, you guys. Welcome, Julia. Welcome, Terry. We're so happy to have you with us today. Thank you for having us. And I'm happy to be here, too. I am so excited to do this episode today because I attended your Making Lemonade class the last time that y'all offered it, and I am super excited for other women to be able to hear what this class is all about. And this is perfect timing, too, because your next class is coming up in just a few weeks in February. So I'm really excited to get get the word out there. Julia, let's start by first describing to our listeners what Making Lemonade, a breast cancer therapy course, what is it all about? What's the whole purpose of it? So for us, Terry and I, this is a journey we haven't gone through. We do know what it's like as LPCs. Um, We work with a lot of people who've had various kinds of trauma in their life. um, And that's what our education taught us to kind of deal with. And so to us, whenever we were approached about, can we do a breast cancer group? Well, yeah, we haven't been through that. But again, we've had people in our lives who've experienced all kinds of illnesses, including cancer, including breast cancer. And so it was, what can we kind of teach them? And what, what are some lessons that we can possibly give them to help them with navigating this road we got to go down. And that's where Terry and I talking about what could, should the course look like? It's okay. Well, let's help people remember you are going to have emotions. How do we deal with this? How do we not ignore what our body's telling us? How do we not ignore what our emotions are going through? How do we not ignore the depression or the anxiety or the, how do we honor all that kind of stuff and still be okay and not give into it? Right. I think that's one thing that a lot of patients that have gone through this don't understand is that these emotions, they're going to be part of the process too. I know I try to like new things, deny them and just ignore the fact that they were there, but they're real. And so you guys as counselors recognize that and can, even if you might not have had breast cancer, drawing on your educational past and going, okay, well, this is how you Mm -hmm. handle these moments. And that I think is what's going to help so many women is being able to, basically you're teaching those tools. Mm -hmm. You're teaching those techniques of what to do. To add to what Julia was saying, I think it's also important to realize that it's okay to not be okay. Um, I think people going through this try to put on, you know, a brave face for everyone because they don't want to burden others. But I think it's important to actually acknowledge the not okay stuff about this and then learn how to get out of that. And to recognize, too, this was huge for me, that just because you might be feeling X, Y, or Z, that does not negate your strength. It doesn't mean that you're weak. Absolutely. Absolutely. I feel like facing emotions is actually very strong. Yeah, which is not how it felt in the moment. (laughs) Right. So learning these strategies and tools really is very powerful. I like that this curriculum is tailored specifically for this group of women, people that Mm -hmm. are dealing with this, you know, commonality of breast cancer, but yet those emotions that inevitably rise. Because it's common emotions. It's going to be common emotions that, again, we've all experienced before, but have you experienced them on this level? On this level, exactly. And I think emotions actually help us more than we think they do. So it's cool to learn about that. Yeah. Yeah. This has been like the biggest life lesson of mine. I think that I think that I can agree with you now (laughs) when I was going through it, maybe not so much, but yes, there is definitely, definitely truth to that. Okay, Terry, tell us, who is this course available for? We said breast cancer patients, but there is a whole range of people that have breast cancer. Those that have 
initially diagnosed 10 years later? Does it matter where they are in their Um, stage? I don't think it really matters where they are. I think this course would be ideal for people that are motivated to try to, you know, get past this. This is more of digging deeper, you know, figuring out why am I going through what I'm going through and how to put like a positive spin on all the negativity. Right. Not running away from the emotions, but facing them to move past them. Exactly. So whether or not you are diagnosed Mm -hmm. today or whether or not you're in the middle of your Mm -hmm. treatment or whether or not you've made it to that survivorhood threshold and no evidence of disease, it doesn't really matter. It's where you are in your moment of handling those emotions. Absolutely. And also I've had people, and I'm sure that you guys have seen this as well, they have a tendency to want to deny their own emotions. I've been guilty of this. <laughs> and so many women that I've talked to, I've heard women who've had DCIS, so stage zero, they will try to deny their own emotions by saying, oh, well, I shouldn't feel this way because so-and-so has it so worse. So I see that across the board with whether or not they're DCIS or all the way up the gamut, women keep trying to deny their own emotions. So Julia, what would you like women to remember? And with that one, I really feel like women need to remember somebody's always going to have it worse, but I'm not living that life right now. I'm living mine. And what do my emotions tell me is in me? And it's okay to feel really upset that this is happening to me. And it's also really okay to say, I'm grateful that it's not that bad today. And it doesn't mean you're a bad person for being grateful. It doesn't mean you're a bad person because, well, I should feel worse. No, we take the shoulds out of our vocabulary. That's one thing I would love for women to learn. Take the should out of your vocabulary and just say, today I feel grateful. That just reminded me of a quote that you had said to Terry. What's what's your should quote? That was, uh, do not should on yourself. <laughs> do not should on yourself. I love right. it. I have, not, I have not forgotten that. That was, <laughs> that was quite on point and very awesome to hear. Yeah, I like to tell women, too, that it's okay to empathize, but mm-hmm. their story is not your own story, That's which right. is hard to do mm-hmm. when it can be triggering. Mm-hmm. But then to recognize that it's your body, your mind, your soul, and you're allowed to feel however the hell you yeah. feel whenever mm-hmm. you feel it. Yeah, and I could see a lot of uh, uh, somebody feeling grateful that it's not, I didn't get the metastatic, I didn't get this level, or I didn't get that level, and then feeling guilty because I felt grateful. But it's okay in this moment. It's your journey. It's okay to feel good. Right. And touching on what you said, there's survivor's guilt too. Like I've had a lot of people, and myself included, (laughs) get past that survivorhood threshold and go, Mm -hmm. well, I shouldn't feel this way. Maybe I was, maybe I may have been entitled to feel that way during treatment, but now that I'm done, I should be grateful. I should be this. I should be that. Mm -hmm. Which goes back to what you said. Don't. Don't shit on yourself. Shit on yourself. So, Terry, what are some of the common emotions that women may experience following a trauma such as this? I think some of the common emotions would be a sense of denial, anger, sadness. I think a lot of times it's like, this can't be happening to me, probably Mm -hmm. comes up. And then trying to figure out, like, okay, I'm overwhelmed now. What am I going to do from here? Right. Like, that's very common. Right. Um, And then I feel like a lot of people are scared to ask for help, too. Yeah. So and knowing how to ask for help and where to get the help. Right. Which is why I am so excited that you guys are are doing this podcast with me to talk about this class because this class is exactly that. It's mm-hmm. giving them that that opportunity mm-hmm. to be able to to as I said in the beginning, heal completely. It's not just moving past those physical barriers. It's the entire mind, body, soul. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think the idea of that radical acceptance is really important here too, because like you're never gonna agree with all this, but you have to accept it's happening. So how can I make the best of it while experiencing 
acceptance and all the negativity. Let's talk about that then. What is what is radical acceptance for those that don't know? Radical acceptance comes from a type of therapy called dialectical behavior therapy. Basically, like I stated, it's because something happens, we're not going to agree with it. Like I'm not agreeing with the fact that I'm suffering, but I accept it. So I'm going to use different tools to fully practice accepting it. Like this is happening. So it's like the denial will no longer be there. Right. It is what it is. Yeah. And that doesn't mean, and I can't remember who said it. One of y'all said it in the class. You said, I wrote it down in quotes. Acceptance doesn't mean I agree with it. And exactly. I think that's the biggest thing. So yeah. it's okay to accept it. Like that doesn't mean you're giving into it. You're saying, hey, I have this. So what right. can I do to fight this? Right. It doesn't mean you like it. It doesn't mm-hmm. mean you agree with it. Mm-hmm. And, it right. and it doesn't mean that you can't move past it. Right. And then mm-hmm. you can't. Okay. So speaking of a person who I think practices like radical acceptance very well is one of my favorite people on the planet, Olivia Newton-John. I've really been following her since like day one with all the breast cancer stuff. And hers, I don't know if everyone's aware, has come back. I think it is now stage four. And even despite this, like she is still continuing to live her life. She's stopped letting life live her and she's actually living for every moment. And she's very vocal about that. And like one of the quotes that she's always said is that she doesn't want to be a survivor she wants to thrive um and she's doing that and you can see it's evident Um, she's really taking care of herself like in all different areas not just focusing on the cancer right so i read her um book don't stop believing right and one of the big takeaways that i got from that is that this is just kind of a blip in time it's not your entire time it doesn't define you and like in reading her book she really kind of talks about everything, which I think puts it into perspective too. This is part of you, but it's not all of you. Yeah. I think part of your healing is actually having fun in life, right? right? Not just focusing on it. Like she's doing everything she wants to do despite this. Despite whatever the diagnosis is, she's still living. And I think that that's keeping her the healthiest she can be. I think that's very powerful. Yeah. I do too. So circling back around to some of the emotions, Julia, let's talk for a second about grief. A lot of people think that grief accompanies a sense of loss, like if a loved mm-hmm. one dies, but that's not always mm-hmm. the case. How can grief be applicable here? We counselors always try to tell people anytime you've had a change in life, a big change in life, things we now have to look at things differently. That's grief. That can be grief. So when I work with someone in addiction, we got to change how we were living. So it's okay to be angry. It's okay to live in denial. No, I can still do this. It's okay to bargain with God, right? Like, I, I promise if you let me do this, I'll do that. And that applies for here too as well. So now I have a diagnosis. My life is never going to be the same that it was. I have to accept that, but I can also grieve and be sad that my life is now different. I can be sad or I can be, okay, now what? You know, I can have those feelings of being overwhelmed. Like my life is never going to be the same again. I've had this diagnosis and now I have to, now I have to go to the doctor. Now I have to make sure I'm doing self exams. Now I have to make sure that I'm always doing mammograms or I have to always make sure, you know, or I'm too young to be going through this or I'm too old to be going through this, right? So our life is never the same with a diagnosis like this. So it's okay to grieve that. And so some of the emotions we are going to feel, um, we are going to feel a lot of anger. We are going to want to do that bargaining. Why me? Why can't it do this? Why? Let me go get a second opinion. I'm sure if I get a second opinion, let me also have some depression, right? Some extreme depression. And then hopefully on the other end of that, all it's, it is acceptance, right? And so as people move through those at different times, so some people's depression may last a day, Let me sleep on the couch for a day. And then other people's can last for months, right? And I think it's important, too, not to compare yourself. Like, your journey through this grieving process and through healing is going to be different than the person next to you. And somebody told me once, it may have been one of y'all, I don't remember, um, (laughs) 
stay in your own lane. That's like, right. Stay in your lane. And That's right. I thought that was really good. Because some people, you know, like I, I know you've talked to us before about I need to be doing something, right? So some people's depression, it might look a lot different. It might be your depression is I'm going to work through it. Mm-hmm. But other people's depression is no, I can't do anything right now. But that's mm-hmm. theirs. That's what maybe what they need to do. Right. And it's okay to do that for a time, right? right. Now, we can't live on the couch. We can't, you know, give into it. But if right now that's what you need. That's okay. I like to think about it, and I wrote a poem about um, something called mosaic. So the idea being that you have this beautiful stained glass something, and that can represent like your whole life being put together, and then something happens, and it shatters. And so Mm -hmm. when you're in that moment, when you're grieving, and when you're feeling all these intense emotions, it's almost like when it's all fallen to rubble around you. And so what mosaics, it's not like mending it to be exactly the way that it was before, but it's putting those pieces of brokenness together into some new beautiful hole and whatever that new beautiful hole is still has value and can still live and be happy and and function and make a difference and 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 in their own lives mm-hmm. it's just recognizing and believing in that hope that you are going to get to mm-hmm. that put together mosaic in whatever form it takes absolutely yeah. terry what inspired you to become a therapist my own personal journey with mental health issues. I know how it feels to, you know, not know where to get help from and to feel that overwhelming feeling. And so I just wanted to be that support for other people. In some ways, you get those intense yeah. emotions. You can right. empathize with Definitely. people and help be that guidance. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, what about what about you, Julia? What motivated you to become a therapist? For me, it was um, a big life change. Uh, I got divorced at 30 and I went to a counselor And she was amazing. And she was the one that told me like, hey, guess what? You're supposed to be angry. You're supposed to grieve. You're supposed to do this. And I was looking at other people, you know, and and being like, well, why do they get to be married? And why do they get to be this? And why did their marriage work? And so I was going through a lot of similar feelings. And I went to a counselor and she was amazing. She just told me all this stuff. And I'm like, that is absolutely right. And now, of course, I can realize that 10, 11 years on the other side of it. And I'm like, that was the best thing that ever happened to me because it was, it did force me to be something I strive for, which is independence. And I got it and I got to see that it's okay. And there's a new set of vision that you've been able to get from having had your own personal thud. I think everybody has their there are moments in lives where they, they, they fall, whatever that fall yeah. may be. And, you know, where you have this amazing class for people who their fall is mm-hmm. dealing with, with the breast cancer diagnosis, but mm-hmm. recognizing that we're all human beings. And at some point in time in our life, we're going to experience some level of adversity yeah. and it's hard, whatever your story is, it's not easy. And you're yeah. entitled to, as you said before, feel however you feel. And then recognizing that you can move past that. Yeah. And there are people out there that can help you find those tools to be able to do it. If you're sitting there going, okay, great. I hear you and I want to move past it, but how the hell do I do that? And that's the whole purpose of what you guys are putting together here is because you have different ways from one another and in different ways from me, you've experienced your own moment of that Mm -hmm. and have been able to move past it and are therefore being able to, to give back to women who are experiencing it on maybe a different angle. Yeah. I know before you've talked to me about like visuals, like you like a visual. And so for me, it was like a car, like a car that knew what it was going. It's, you know, it's I-16, it's straight, there's nothing to look at, you know, and that's what I felt like my life was doing. I I did what you were supposed to do, right? I got, 
I went to college, I got married, we then we had the house, and then we had the kid, and we did it the quote-unquote right way, mm-hmm. and for then it not to work, right? And so all of a sudden, you have to get off that interstate and take these back roads that are unknown, unfamiliar, but yet on the other side of that, I ended up going on a journey that was so much more better and enlightening, and I grew, and I... But some people don't do that, right? They see the back roads as scary, and it was at first. Yeah. But to enjoy the unknown can be can be a little unsettling at times. But yeah. I, I think there's great potential. It doesn't mean that you have to appreciate the thing that was terrible that happened to you. Yeah. But recognizing and being able to move past that, and, mm-hmm. and recognizing that okay, you don't like it. But you can still rise again, and you can sculpt goodness from that shadow. Absolutely, I think Absolutely. this allows people to actually learn about themselves. Like I don't know if I hadn't been through trauma that I would have given a crap about myself to learn all of these things. Yeah, it's like life kind of made me, and I'm right. grateful for it. Well, and then look at look at what that's taking you. You know, like you're able to pay that forward and help how many right. people as a result as a result of that. So, so taking the, the next spin on it then, what was the motivation for designing this curriculum? Well, and that's where um, we were approached to like, hey, is this something you'd like to do? And we're like, again, it's something where we do know what it's like to have life throw you a curveball. Right. So we're like, yeah, we think we can kind of right. use some of the skills that we were taught by our counselors. Right. And then what would we kind of like to, what do we see as tools that we'd like to tell people and kind of inform people about and what's really helped us on our journeys. Um, So we kind of designed a curriculum around that. Um, And I think that is so empowering too, because, you know, a lot of times, and I'm sure that in your own personal thuds, you've probably experienced that similar overwhelming, oh, what the heck am I going to do? How am I possibly going to make it through this? Like you just feel the weight of the world on you. And then knowing that there are strategies for it's not just hey you know you you got this you can do it but the how to mm-hmm. like okay when you're in this moment how do you deal with it for example like I don't like getting out of the car I go to the doctor mm-hmm. and I'm frozen with fear like I can't move like why I mean why won't my body listen to my brain and get the hell out of the car <laughs> yeah. it doesn't want to because I'm afraid but then you know after having gone through the class we talked about some of those different strategies in that moment what are some things that I can do to be able to move? And I think whether or not other women listening, whether or not they have that same thing happen to them or whether or not theirs might manifest differently, learning that there are tools to mm-hmm. use during those moments. And, and I think that there was a need for it too. Yeah. yeah. That's, you know, they approached us and they're like, there's a big need for this. And at first I was like, well, what can I do? to even help people going through this. And then like, I realized all of these things we do with all our clients are very applicable to this. Right. So all these skills work. Right. Even for this. So they, they um, really do. And I think people, people don't necessarily recognize that there is this avenue for learning Mm -hmm. those tools and, and that they are so helpful. Like it's, it's worth learning. So tell us then, Julia, tell us the name making lemonade. What is the meaning behind the name? Well, for me, it comes from that old quote adage, whenever life gives you lemons, 
make lemonade. Right. And so that was kind of something that we knew we wanted to kind of take and run with. Again, what do we want to teach women? We want to teach them to make that lemonade that Mm -hmm. life's thrown us this, this sour fruit. Now, what can we take with it? Well, if we add a little sugar and we add a little water and we add a little of this. So if we add some tools and we add some skill to it, guess what? Now we can make something really good and come out this journey with growth and with new skills and with new ideas and new ways to think about things and really make something positive out of something so negative. And it, I think this is important too. It doesn't take away the fact that the lemon was there. Yeah. There's still lemon. It's still lemon. It's, it's still sour. It still yeah. stinks sometimes. But guess what? We've now turned it into something that is useful and that we can grow from and that we can learn to use in a positive way. I've always heard the phrase when life gives you lemon. Lemons throw them at people. And for a little while, you might be throwing them at people. Until <laughs> That's you true, too. I think it's okay. Yeah. That's embrace, what we need to title that. it, right? When life gives you lemons, first throw them and okay. then pick them up. Yeah. And, and then, let's make some lemonade. Step yeah. one of making lemonade. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Well, and I also like that, you know, the breast cancer, you know, is associated with the pink ribbon. And so mm-hmm. you have, like, basically pink lemonade. Like, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, like, right. absolutely. Terry, what can women expect when they come in for the first class? How does this course differ from a typical support group? From what I know about support groups, and correct me if I'm wrong, a lot of it is them sharing, you know, stories and trying to empathize with each other. And a lot of times I feel like those groups can be pretty negative. And that's okay. Like, there needs to be some of that. I wonder if those groups ever kind of get to the positive and solution focus. So I feel like this group is more solutions. Like, okay, I want to talk about what we're going through and here's some solutions. Here's some skills to actually get through that. Right. I feel like that's the main difference. And I guess for like the first session, like we break down what the group's going to consist of, you know, everyone getting to know each other, you know, kind of in a positive, positive atmosphere, relaxed atmosphere, because we are going to be talking about some difficult things. I think that's important. You create this very safe environment where it's okay to open up. Some of the women that were there when I went, like, we still keep in touch and stuff. So my question was, how then are you able to create that environment? Like I said, I think the environment's created just, you know, by encouraging a relaxed environment for people to kind of be themselves and not forcing anything on if they don't want to share at first, cool. Um, But as others share, I think other people feel more comfortable. And like we would even share too, you know, using humor and just, you know, being down to earth. Right. I think that's what's important to make it the safest. Yeah, I noticed that too. Like in the beginning, there was somebody that didn't necessarily want mm-hmm. to participate. And then as the sessions went on, they kind of opened up a little mm-hmm. bit more because there's this feeling of, of safety. And Julia, what are some of the subjects that are covered in the curriculum? So, yeah, so in the group, we kind of cover what the purpose of emotions are because you are going to be feeling a lot of different things. And we've talked about those a little bit earlier, right? The guilt, any kind of sadness, yeah, depression, that kind of stuff. So we kind of want to talk about why do you have that? Your body's telling you something. That's why we have emotions. So here's how you experience them. Here's the purpose of it. Now, how do we kind of take what we do and move through? And then that's where kind of like the irrational versus rational thinking goes through, right? So realizing that we talked about this a lot, you know, in the group, I remember the the biggest thing we kind of talked about was I don't want to get out the car. 
I'm sitting in the hospital parking lot and I don't want to get out. And that's where we kind of talked about those irrational versus rational thoughts, right? Just because this happened one time doesn't mean it's going to happen every single time. Mm -hmm. So drilling down some of those thoughts, drilling down. We don't know what this time is going to come. And it could be really good news. It could be bad news, but we don't know unless we Mm -hmm. get out the car. Right. And so we kind of talked about that a lot. And then we also talked about the radical acceptance and accepting it doesn't mean I have to like it. Being also just in the moment, right? Not realizing that, you know, like we're we're on the other side of the Christmas season, right? And not focusing that, well, this could be my last Christmas, but it also could not be your last Christmas. You could have 50 more ahead of you and you don't know that. So enjoying this this Christmas. It's more about being with this family, this family's moments, this birthday, this whatever, right? This goes back to what you were talking about um, with Olivia and John and the live. Just yeah, live and be in that moment. Survive. And so yeah. you're trying to make sure we um, we kind of talk about that and what's the emotions beside that. And then also reconciling the past and facing the future and what the future could hold. What does this mean? Everybody's diagnosis is always going to be a little bit different or a little bit of this. And your route may look a little bit of this. Well, this person went through this. Well, this person went through that. We don't know what we're going through yet. So that's where we work with. We have to deal with the information we're given and kind of reconciling that as well. Like this is what happened in the past doesn't mean it's in the future necessarily. Yeah, that's a good point. And then also, I think one of my friends told me this before, and I think this holds a lot of value as well as the only way out is through Mm -hmm. to go through and to and to accept. Mm hmm. Terry, tell us briefly about what it is you hear a lot of times in therapy about grounding and mindfulness, and then put that all into a minute's time frame, will you please? Um, Okay, yeah, that's kind of hard for a minute, but for me, mindfulness is one of the most important things in life, period, because that is being present and enjoying what you're doing when you're doing it. Um, I think a lot of times we get an autopilot, and we allow our thoughts just to kind of take us away. And so challenging our thoughts, we do have a thought. We don't have to keep thinking about our first thought, right? Mm -hmm. We can't help our first thought, but we can control the rest of them. And so I think our thoughts, negative thoughts, all kinds of thoughts get in the way of us, you know, actually living our life. And so mindfulness forces us to challenge our thoughts and actually be present and focus on what we're doing. So I feel like autopilot gets in the way of us enjoying fun stuff too, um, the positive things when we're always up in our head. Right. So I think learning some of those skills. Now, it's not easy, but I think it's very vital. It's not easy. (laughs) Not easy at all. I struggle with that myself. But I will. Okay. So jumping back personally here, I struggled going to the doctor, getting Mm -hmm. in the car, right? And then this whole grounding mindfulness, it's not something that you just get like that. Mm -hmm. It takes, it's practice. It's like learning to run. Mm -hmm. You're not going to just jump out there and like run three miles. It takes... Mm -hmm. Right. And then giving yourself a break, too, and knowing, okay, I may not have been perfect at being mm-hmm. able to do this, but what giving yourself credit for how you were able to handle it mm-hmm. in the moment. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And that's why we call them these skills, right? These are skills. These are tools that we can use, but you're not born knowing this stuff, right? Right. It takes somebody teaching it to you. And with, like, all things taught to you, you have to practice them. One of the other things that these skills that you guys talk about is um, a shift in perspective. What We hear that a lot, Terry. What, is, what does that mean? A shift in perspective? That is maybe reframing your thoughts. So, like, how I think about things. I may tend to think about them in a negative light. Like, well, I could be doing this um, and maybe changing it to, well, I am doing this. Um, so, I think that is a big thing for me, a shift in that perspective. Right. I know we talked about that in the class as well. And the biggest trigger part for me is that room, the Mm -hmm. surgical room. Mm -hmm. And so I had worked on, okay, first shift in perspective would be 
um, recognizing that it's not what I had to endure. Mm-hmm. It's what I could endure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's a little, mm-hmm. little shift. And then one of you guys challenged me to think about it from another angle, the perspective of my kids. And not that I wasn't thinking about my kids before, but like, how do they mm-hmm. view the room? Mm-hmm. This is what I came up with. This is what I want to be <laughs> their vision of the room that they would one day say, that room saved my mom's life. Mm-hmm. That room, mm-hmm. that moment was the start of healing my mom. That mm-hmm. moment kicked off a journey that my mom took so that she could be here with me. I'm grateful for that room, and I'm proud of my mom and her courage to do all the scary things that she did in order to stay here with me. My mom, she must really love me to have taken care of herself in that way. And that shift, they're magical. Like, yeah. it doesn't change the room. It doesn't change mm-hmm. my memories yeah. of it or anything. Or what happened in that room. But it's just a different angle. Yep. It's pretty powerful. Yeah, they are. They are so powerful. Super <laughs> So let's talk about course logistics. Julia, how many classes are in one course? Four. We kind of break it down into four one and a half hour courses. And you have two opportunities that are coming up here in February. Mm-hmm. One that starts on Thursdays, starting February 6th and runs mm-hmm. for those four Thursdays. Mm-hmm. And the other one's on what day of the week? Saturdays. Saturdays. We're starting on February 8th. Same thing for mm-hmm. four classes. Where are they located? We are located in Pooler, Georgia at 205 South Skinner Avenue in the old part of Pooler, if you're familiar with that at all. Terry, how can people find you or sign up for the class if they're interested? If they're interested, they can call our phone number, which is 912-349-8043, or send an email at info at buildingblocks.solutions. Those are two ways. They can also ask you about it. Right. And you we'll can have, give them all the information. We'll have information. <laughs> we'll have the information posted up on our website, togetherweweather.org, and also on this podcast's show notes. And if you just Google Building Blocks, Pooler, Georgia, our website comes up as well. And it has a lot of information on that as well. Phone number, emails, Mm -hmm. our bios, any other counselors' bios Mm -hmm. as well if we are looking for. I can't do a group or I'm uncomfortable with a group, but I know I need some help with this. We can also sign up for individuals if that's what we're comfortable with. That's what I wanted to make sure people understood as well is that either before the group or after Mm -hmm. the group, the individual sessions are also offered. So if somebody is interested. And they're like, oh, dude, I want to, what are those secret mm-hmm. strategies that I need to take mm-hmm. notes on? Help me get them, please. Mm-hmm. They can start in one of those two ways. Mm-hmm. They can come to the class. Mm-hmm. And then if they're interested in diving further into some of their own personal issues of what they dealt with with their own journey, then they can also schedule those individual sessions. Yeah. Yep. yeah. And if February doesn't work for someone, we this is a class we do offer every three to four months. So, um, and depending on kind of need, right? right? So if there is a, a larger need, then we can, we right. can kind of break it up and, and meet that need, right? So my suggestion then would be to anybody that's listening is if this is something that interests you, in any way, shape, or form to just pick up the phone and call. Go ahead and do it now. That way they'll be in the know of what's going on and when it's happening. Absolutely. Is there anything else either of y'all would like women to know about making lemonade? Just that, again, this is something that I feel like um, skills and strategies we need to know anyway, right? Skills and strategies that will help us with any of life's journey that it doesn't have to if it's I don't want to do one more thing focused on this or I don't want to do one more thing focused on my health or I'm sick of talking about my health okay that's you don't have to right it doesn't have to be just that it's a place we can and you're free to 
but it's also a place where this is just a really good strategy. This right. is just a really good strategy for getting me up each morning if I'm struggling with that as well. I was going to add on to that. Like, I think, you know, women can learn a lot about their themselves outside of their cancer doing this group as well. Yes. Yeah, so. absolutely. I used to think that, okay, I know I'm talking to some counselors here, so bear <laughs> with me. But I used to think that therapy was for other people, mm-hmm. other people that may have been had something like worse than me, like they surely not me, right? <laughs> I, I mean, I get that there's a need for it, but I don't need it. But what I've come to realize is that honestly, I think that the benefits of going to counseling can help every single person because they give you, as you said, those strategies, they help give you this new angle, this new way of looking at things. You gain perspective. And as I talked a moment ago, it helps with any little shift that you might need mm-hmm. to be making in whatever form that takes in your own life. Well, you also gain a lot of self-worth by doing groups like this. Yes. Absolutely. And it helps sometimes, yeah. you know, having an unbiased person who's not in your shoes. I don't know necessarily mm-hmm. everything about you. You've only given me what you've told me. Mm-hmm. So let me help you reframe. Because sometimes mm-hmm. it's hard to see those operating rooms as anything other than mm-hmm. scary right. and sterile. But... There's also other people who can see it differently. And sometimes right. that's what we just need. We need that different perspective. Right. And like my friend once said, the only way out is through. It's not about turning your back and denying those emotions, but rather facing them and moving forward and going to see somebody to get an unbiased perspective, to gain your own perspective and have that shift. It is truly life-changing. Yes. So last question, my favorite, and I'll ask each of y'all, but what would you like women diagnosed today or tomorrow to walk away from this episode knowing? For me, I think it's that the journey is part of it, that we have to be uncomfortable to have growth. We can let anything defeat us. We can let anything define us, but I have that choice. I will always have that power. I always have that choice to decide what defines me. I can make my journey anything I want it to be. I can choose to thrive. You can choose to make that lemonade. I can choose to make that lemonade. I can choose to chunk them lemons if that's what I want to do today. And that's what I love about this life and the life that has put me here is that I have choices. Right. You know, we have choices now. Think about 50 years ago, a breast cancer diagnosis was pretty much the end. But now it's not. We have choices. You have choices in Anything that's given us, I can choose to throw lemons at it. I can choose to add sugar and make it really sweet. I can choose to just let it be really sour. And And tomorrow I can make a completely different choice if I want to. And adding on to what you just said is that even when you feel like you have absolutely no control in what's going on in your life at that moment, there are small things. There's, there yeah. are choices that you can make along the way. Even, yeah. Even if they're small, take ownership of those things that you can. Yeah. Today I can make the choice to be overwhelmed, but tomorrow I'm going to choose to not be overwhelmed. Right. I can make that choice. Right. And that's the power I have. And I think a lot of people lose that insight that... I do have power. I can take control. I I can still make choices. Right. Terry, what's one thing that you want women to walk away knowing? First thing that came to mind was it's okay to ask for help and to not be okay with it at first. I think that making the connections through this journey are going to be, it's going to be something that you would never get otherwise. And maybe you wouldn't learn about yourself if you didn't go through this. Right. And it doesn't mean that you appreciate the, yeah. <laughs> the boulder that's in your way, right. but finding finding value and appreciating the things that are around said boulder. Absolutely. 
Well, thank you both so much for joining us. We're really blessed to have had you with us. I'm looking forward to hearing about how this next set of classes goes. And I hope that women will learn that they've got these tools. They're right here in this course. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, thank you for having us. Thanks. And thank y'all at home for listening as well. Remember that emotions are human. And what you're feeling right now in the wake of a diagnosis or treatments, it is 100% normal even if it stinks. Terry was spot on when she said that emotions actually help us more than we think that they do and that facing these emotions is quite brave. The choices of who will be on the other side, we have those choices. Now, I'm not going to lie. If someone wouldn't given me the chance for a do-over, I'd certainly say keep that shit the hell away from me. But since it doesn't work like that and since the only way out is through... Sign up for Making Lemonade to learn those strategies, to learn ways to make it through, to gain perspective, to work on piecing together your own new beautiful mosaic in whatever form that takes. Making Lemonade, they have tools and tips and techniques. They have activities and opportunities to practice and apply these strategies that you learn within your own life. So be kind to yourself, learn them, Call Building Blocks Family Counseling and Pooler today. Sign up for Making Lemonade. Again, their number is 912-349-8043. I look forward to speaking with y'all again next week. Until then, remember that together we weather this storm. You are never alone.